What's up, everyone? Welcome to mm-hmm. Yegsco Talking, the weekly U.S. soccer podcast. This is obviously the Hats and Beards show, so if you don't have one of those, get out of here. Just kidding. We're a very inclusive environment. We want you to be listening and watching. And today we're going to be talking about some of the biggest news in the U.S. world, which is that the U-17 and U-20 teams actually have camps set up. The November World Cup qualifying roster is also coming out this week. And all of your most favorite uh Points of the podcast are coming back as well. Stars and strikes, tweets of the week, and games that we're watching in the upcoming match days. But first, I want to check in on my co-hosts, Ryan and Tom. It's Halloween day. Tom, how are you doing? I'm doing really well, really excited. Uh, Got to go see some friends last night that I haven't seen since the pandemic started, which was really fun. And Atlanta's now one game away from a World Series championship. If you're watching the YouTube video, might be able to tell I'm decked out in all of my Braves gear right now, hoping we can end our curse tonight. You're in about 240p, so I don't know if anyone can see the Braves <laughs> at. <laughs> Looks like you're on oh, dial, man. You got to get out of New Mexico. <laughs> Soon. Ryan, how about you? What's up? Uh, not much, man. Just I'm interested. This will be my first Halloween in Germany. From talking to the neighbors, it is a bit of it's caught on more. Not typically a big celebrated holiday over here. If anything, everybody gets tomorrow off for All Saints Day. So uh, if anything, I think you know I might be developing a little bit of a upper respiratory infection. Might need to call off work tomorrow, so therefore I can stay up and enjoy Halloween with all the neighbors and have a few Very have nice. a few beers tonight. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be the same case in England. Hasn't really been a big celebrated holiday for a long time, but everyone is getting way more into it. A lot more kids coming around, knocking on doors, getting candy. So good to see this uh, not exactly American celebration, but we we made it what it is today. Let's just call it that. Okay, sure. I know it might originally an Irish celebration. Irish, yeah, um, or Day of the Dead from Mexico, but America. One of the things you did well is you enhanced Halloween to the point where the rest of the world needs to catch up. Put it on All your right. resume. Exactly. Put, write that down, America. Write that yeah. down. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the first uh, big news story coming out this week is that finally, finally, there are youth national team camps set up for the U.S. And we have U17 and U20 Games coming up now. The U17 team roster has been announced. Because of the pandemic, it's been very hard to track some of these younger players and see what they're all about. So there are a lot of names that we probably haven't heard before looking into that U17 roster. Now on the U20 side, we don't have a roster yet, but players like Cade Cowell, Caden Clark, those are the people that we're going to be looking to to make that camp and to have some playing time in the U.S. Uh, side. So guys, with without kind of diving so deep into the roster, what are your thoughts on finally getting these youth camps set up? Ryan, maybe let's start with you. Uh, yeah, definitely super excited about it. It still just irks me. I think it's ridiculous that U.S. soccer has this whole you must live in Chicago rule. Uh, I think it definitely limits our coaching pool a little bit, but glad to see that they've selected uh, a coach for the U-17 roster. Um former Chicago player, played for Costa Rica, blanking on his name right now, which is perfect. Um, but anyway, yeah, just excited for them to, to finally be calling some people in. For a typical U-20 cycle, though, 
it's kind of right on time. I know that Mexico has been having a lot of camps recently, so it's been worrying for a lot of those dual mats uh, to see them getting called into camps. So it's it's good for us to have an opportunity to bring these kids in, let them know that, you know, kind of what the USMNT is all about, and then kind of hopefully gradually get them into potentially the first team, but just start getting a group together that, you know, you see like right now with Pulisic and McKinney and Adams, those guys have been playing together for, gosh, almost a decade at this point, even though they're still so young, you know, that so it's nice to see the next generation of that starting. There's definitely a few names that I'm really excited to see. Uh, I've, I've got kind of a slew of them here and I don't want to ramble on too much, but uh, we talked already about, yeah, we already talked about Slonina. So happy to see him, especially with his dual nationality, potentially being able to play for Poland, get him in was going to be really nice. Alex Borto, another goalkeeper that plays for Fulham FC. He recently was training with the first team for the first time. So that's really exciting. Another young goalkeeper coming up through the ranks over in England. Um, Aaron Hurd, center midfielder for right now. He's with uh, St. Louis City, uh, but he was previously with Philadelphia and then for some family issues, decided to go down to St. Louis. But from what we're hearing, he's being tracked by Leverkusen right now and could be on his way out. Moving our way up the field, Justin Che is a guy we've talked about a little bit in the past. I think his ceiling's just immense. Uh, I see him more as a center back, even though at Dallas he's been playing right back. And then getting into a couple dual national guys, uh, Antonio Leone is a, is a big one for me, a big center back prospect that has played in some Mexico camps. So if we could have the opportunity to get him into camp, I think that would be amazing. Uh, other guys for the U-17 roster, Adrian Gill, center midfielder over in Barcelona, I think is a great name to keep an eye on. Zach Booth, center midfielder at Leicester City, brother to Taylor Booth. Uh, and then Dante Seeley, he's been ripping it up for PSV Eindhoven recently. A couple of guys were going to be missing from this camp, but I definitely think everybody should keep an eye on. It's going to be Federico Olivo. He's at Atletico Madrid, center forward. Also a dual nat for Argentina, so want to get up on that early. And then unfortunately, we're not going to see Paredes or Jonathan Gomez in this camp. Tried to make it quick. Hopefully I didn't cover everything. Tom, what are you excited to see about these upcoming camps? I'm just... I'm so glad we're finally going to have a camp. Like it's been over two years since we've seen a U.S. youth camp at any level, and that's just not acceptable. It you know stunts the development of our prospects, and I really think it hurts the player pool and the fans in a big way. I think a lot of the sort of aggression and anger we, you know, young players don't get called into the roster that we want to see because we've never seen them before is because we never see them at even the youth levels, and the only chance we have to see these young, exciting prospects play is by giving them minutes with the senior team, which, you know, giving them minutes at the youth level, giving them a chance to gel, giving them time to sort of play competition that, you know, is on their level is a great thing and is just going to help us in the future. I, I know we're set right now with a really young group, but the next generation is one to always look at. And some of the guys in these camps, we could be looking at starting in 2026 when the World Cup comes home. So I'm just really excited to see what we can do here with these young kids over the next few camps. A lot of those names are in, I think you mentioned, are you 20 players? I think I'm looking for Cade Cowell and Caden Clark as well to be on the roster. Really excited to see what both of them can do. I think that Cade Cowell will come up later in this episode as well. So yeah, those are the two big names I'm tracking at the U20 level at least. Yeah, well said from both of you. And I'm not really going to add too much other than just to be able to jump into the senior team 
it's been really difficult for our younger players recently that, and I say young, I mean, 17 and 18, because our core is already 23 and under. So to have these youth camps is just so important. Like you guys said, to start to gel um, and really start to show that maybe you're better than the current age group or the current level. And you are ready for that chance for the national team. So kind of on that same level, the November World Cup qualifying roster is set to be announced this week. Likely, if we're going by the same schedule, it will be out Thursday midday for anyone living in the U.S. So, guys, I just want to ask, um, a lot has happened. Last week when we did the podcast, there were some very terrible performances. There wasn't much to look forward to. This week seems a lot better, a lot more stars to talk about. Are things going to change with this November World Cup qualifying roster? Can you guys give me three names that you want to see on this roster that maybe didn't appear in the October window? Uh, Tom, maybe we'll start with you. Yeah, so let's look at a couple of good performances this week of people I would love to see get called in. I would love so first I want to say Kevin Paredes had a really great week for DC United before getting hurt. And I would love to see him on this roster as, you know, in the George Bellow left back spot. But he's hurt now, so that's a name that I would love to see but won't be joining camp. Um, My first person I'd love to see make the roster after a bounce-back performance is John Brooks. He looked great this weekend for Wolfsburg. Uh, Hopefully he's rounding back into form. We really missed him, I think, during this last window, and I would love to see him get back into, you know, strong international form for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, I also thought we talked about it last week. He continued his form again. Jesus Ferreira continues to be on fire in MLS right now. He could provide a really good sort of hybrid winger, midfielder, striker player just to sort of play a bunch of different roles in this roster, eat up a couple minutes at the end of the game, start to gel with the team. I I think that he'd be a great player to bring in for this window. And who was my third? Um, Oh, my third would be a center back, Cameron Carter-Vickers has been on fire at Celtic this week. And it would I would love to see him get a look. Um, another name might be Matt Miazga. I, we've got other center, back, center backs to try and rotate in. I would love to see one of them replace Mark McKenzie. Yeah. How about you, Ryan? You agree? Well, yeah, I agree. But first, I actually want to ask Tom a couple of questions. So, Tom, how do you feel about the, the Scottish Premier League and its level? Like, from just watching games, sure, if you're playing for Celtic or Rangers, then you're you're kind of at a different level in the Scottish Premier League. But do you rate it on par, better, or worse than MLS? I rate Celtic and Rangers above MLS, but the rest of the league below MLS. So, okay. yeah, I, I'm not necessarily looking at uh, CCV's performances in league as sort of wow, he needs to be playing for the U.S. But he was really good for Europa League in Celt- for Celtic this ye- week. And he also got a goal. So, you know, having a good showing in Europe and, you know, any center back who can score a goal and it was, you know, a really tidy finish is something that we should be looking at for this roster for me. So that, yeah, no, that's where that comes from. No, definitely, man. He's he's a name that's been rising up and you're, you know, you're hearing the name a lot more often. And he tends to do that. He's been a guy that's always kind of just hung around in the background. Um, but he's also just like Mr. Consino, what you're going to get out of CCB. So, no, I think it's a great call. 
And then also too, just wanted to take a, a quick comment for any of us that had to suffer through watching a bunch of Bremen games last year, and we know Kofelt loves defense. So maybe he is the perfect coach for John Brooks to round him back into form. Uh, we definitely saw a good one, you know, this weekend. So hopefully it's more for him to come. I like that shout out big time, Tom. For me, the three that I would like to see and uh, currently playing right now is Josh Sargent. Uh, Zardes is injured. I don't think he's going to be available for this upcoming camp. So we're going to need to see another center forward. And there's a couple reasons why that I would be a proponent of bringing Josh Sargent in. One, people want to bring up the fact that he's not scoring goals. Minus the one big blunder a couple of weeks ago. That one, sure, that's on Josh. But let's keep in mind, too, Norwich, before this game started, had scored two goals in all of, of the Premier League. So it's not exactly a team that's banging in a bunch of goals and it's like Sargent's out of form. I think it's just a lack of opportunity for him. Uh, another reason I would bring Sargent in is one thing that has been talked about that, that Pepe lacks a little bit is, and Greg has brought this up, is knowing where to be in the press. So kind of from a defensive standpoint, and that's exactly what Josh excels in. So I think in a game potentially against Mexico, I and, and Sargent has played against Mexico before, so the moment won't be too big for him. Uh, you know, Pepe hasn't gotten a bunch of minutes lately. I know just last night he finally got about 75-ish minutes, but before that he was missing games and only, only picked up a few minutes over the last couple of weeks. So it's going to be a big moment for Pepe. I mean, he had a chance to play for this Mexico side. So I don't know that starting him in that game is necessarily the right call. I, I mean, that's going to be a decision for Greg to make, but I just, I, I'll be very interested to see. I have faith in Pepe, but if that moment is too big for an 18 year old right now, I think Sargent could be the perfect center forward to start that game. Another person I would like to see called in, uh, you know, Pulisic, we were hoping to see him get some minutes this weekend, but he still didn't make the game day squad. Uh, so I personally would like to see Conrad De La Fuente called back into the roster. Uh, I know he doesn't quite fit Greg's kind of inverted winger system. He more likes to stay on the sidelines and kind of bomb in. But I still see so much talent from him when I watch Marseille. You know, even Jake there wearing the Marseille jersey. I hope, hope that I didn't steal it from him there. Uh, but he's definitely another one I'd like to see called in. And then to avoid, last but not least, to avoid some of the dual national panic, uh, I think it's time to call in Jonathan Gomez. I mean, I know it's right in the middle of the USL playoffs, but he's been clear cut above everybody else in the USL. And left back is a position that we've definitely lacked in. He's about to get ready to go overseas. So I think, you know, other coaches see the level he plays at. Um, I think potentially in the Jamaica match, if we're up by a few goals, it could be the perfect time to bring in a youngster like him. He said that he wants to see what both camps are like. So this could, and I don't want to see him called into like a December, the December camp where it's not really our first team. I want to see him called into a true first team. Uh, so potentially this window for me, this could be the Jonathan Gomez window. And then last but not least, just kind of an under the radar guy. I don't know that it's time to really be mixing it up too much, but from MLS, Keaton Parks has just been amazing over the last like two months, really. And, you know, we saw we saw what we saw last window from Acosta and Legette, and I think we've all made our conclusions about that. So for me, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to potentially give Keaton Parks a shout. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm going to create an amalgamation of all of your picks, but I think for me, it's Matt Miazga, who's been talked about. Um, He didn't start or play, I don't think, against Barcelona, but in every other game in La Liga, he's played and been really solid. So I think he does deserve a shot, especially with Mark McKenzie just kind of falling out of form, falling out of favor at his club. So for me, Matt Miazga is the center back maybe to call in and take over and inform spot. And then Joe Scali, I don't know if I heard that name from either of you guys, but probably because we were trying to dig deep and uh, not not cover any other players that we were talking about. But for me, Joe Scali has just continued to be like the name that makes the most sense in terms of form, playing time, playing style. He's just so versatile. He played a quite large part in their uh, just kind of disassembly of Bayern Munich in the Pokal game where uh, Gladbach won 5 nothing. So for me, Joe Scali is kind of like the number one. It makes the most sense and probably fans want him there the most. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll no see question. what happens there. Yeah, and then Conrad De La Fuente for me, again, the jersey that I'm wearing. But if we if we do want someone that's explosive, can come off the bench and give us a little bit of energy maybe in the both games. I mean, Mexico at home is probably going to need some type of super sub, some type of energy. And then Jamaica away is, uh, you never know. This this Jamaica team is up and down, up and down. Seemed to be, though, in the last window that they came up a little bit and are in better form than when we played them last. And it's an away game in CONCACAF. So for me, you, you always need energy entering the game. Pulisic is, uh, like Ryan said, he wasn't in the match day squad this past weekend, but Tuchel did say he's looking to bring him in against Burnley, which is on the 6th of November. So hat-trick incoming, guys, Pulisic versus <laughs> Burnley. Uh, so we'll see if he's if he's healthy enough. I, if he gets minutes or he's even on the bench and ready to go, I know some people are going to say, let him stay at Chelsea, Chelsea and get 100% healthy, but for me, if he can play, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes for the U.S., I, I know Tom's talked about this before, but for me, that goes way further than him getting 100% healthy and waiting until January when the next U.S. competitive games are. Is there anyone that we missed or any kind of people off to the side that would be surprises to you guys? You know, I, we didn't touch on PFOC at all. And, you know, given the number nine situation, I think he's a name that could potentially be called in. Uh, he hasn't necessarily been lighting it on fire recently in the Swiss League, but he's been getting minutes and still playing. So I think that's another position we could look at. Um, it's Besides that, he's the only other player off the top of my head. Tom, can you dig deeper? I mean, you could dig deeper to someone like a Paxton Pomacall who's been in good form uh, in MLS or... I'm trying to think of other MLS names in good form. Caden Clark, Cade Cowell, both sort of picked up their form recently, but I don't see them coming in. This for me is a window. It's the window where Greg is going to play it as safe as possible. He's going to go with his guys who he knows who can get the result against Mexico, because if they get the result against Mexico, if they could get a win against Mexico, basically every qualification model shot shoots up to 99%. They're, they're basically through. Um, so it's, it's the big game and I don't see Greg going with anyone except the players he knows can get that result. Yeah. Oh. Hey, actually real, real fast. Can we, can we sidebar for a minute? I, I was talking about Pax and Pomacall and some people, uh, added me on Twitter and I thought it was actually an interesting experiment, like a thought experiment. How, 
I know it hasn't been done yet, but what do you guys think of Pomacall as a left back? Um, Not against it. <laughs> yeah, it's, let's see how it goes. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I don't think now's the time. Obviously, not like right in the middle of World Cup qualifying. But again, talking more towards 2026, if that he's he can play with both feet, he's clean on the ball, he's he's willing to get stuck in defensively, but also you know can get up the field. It's for me yeah. when it, when it got put out there, I was like, I like this, I like this a lot. I'm not a huge fan of that idea, but one thing I will say is that on that same thought experiment. I wish more players change positions in their professional lives. Like for me, Josh Sargent, he's a great forward, but I feel like he could be even better as a center midfielder with his defensive work rates and his passing. And I think there's a lot of other players that are very good in their position, but could probably be even better if they change slightly in where they're playing on the field, but it's just not done very often. Like maybe you'll see, you know, Paxton, when he was 17 or 18, he was a center attacking midfielder. Mm -hmm. And then he dropped deeper into the midfield. Now we're talking about him as a left back. Busio kind of the same, but you, you stay in the midfield. You maybe move from attacking to an eight to now you're talking about a six once your defensive work rate develops. So Paxton Pomacol for me is not a left back yet. Maybe he could be, maybe he has everything he can be, but I would love to see more players just kind of take the the lead and change positions on a significant basis. Yeah, I agree. I've, heard, I've definitely heard the, the Sergeant one before too. Uh, there's an account from a guy out of Berlin, first name Taylor, I can't remember his last name, uh, but he's been, he's been on that train for like 18 months, potentially two years. <laughs> it must have uh, soaked into my brain osmosis style. Dude, I've seen it for a while, and I'll admit, the whole time I'm like, no, dude, it, he's a forward. He's a forward. And and the more I'm seeing it, I it, it could be a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, let's talk about our stars and strikes for the week. Like I said towards the beginning of the episode, this week has so much more to talk about in terms of stars, not just in MLS, but abroad in Europe. So let's start with our three stars of this week. Ryan, who you got? So for stars this week, um, not necessarily standout performances, but just some things that definitely caught my eye. Uh, the couple of games that I watched for Venezia, Busio definitely playing a little bit deeper. So as we keep trying to fill in this, who is our backup to Tyler Adams? Uh, you know, Busio getting minutes in Serie A playing back there, I think has been really impressive. Um, I will just say, so, sorry, in the game yeah, today, uh, Busio and Tanner Tessman started in the same midfield yeah. and Tessman was playing deeper. He was well, actually okay. the defensive midfielder uh, right over the back line. So it seems like Venezia has different ideas on what Busio is going to play like and what Tanner Tessman, even on the same team, will play like. Yeah, I would love to see. I, I'll, I'll admit, I haven't seen a lot of Tanner play when he's been there. Uh, you know, he's got the athletic build for it. He can cover grounds. I think he can spray some passes around. But yeah, I've, I've just got to see a little bit more of it. So glad to see him definitely getting on the field and getting some minutes. I know it took a while for him to get settled in over there, but uh, actually great podcast for uh, Orange Slices. If you have a chance to listen to theirs with Tanner, uh, he'll definitely tell you all about getting settled in and uh, a good debate between him and Mark McKenzie of if there were to be a homegrown all-star game between Philadelphia and FC Dallas, who would win? It was a, it was a good debate. Um, the two were funny going back and forth. Another star for me this week, 
uh, is going to be Chris Richards. I think he got robbed from getting his first goal for Hoffenheim. It was determined to be an own goal, broke my heart a little bit. Um, but I think, you know, he, for them to bounce back from, from a rough game out in Munich, even though, you know, the, the scoreline, I don't think really told the story of that game because it was really close up until the end. So for them to come back and have a good poke match in the middle of the week, get back on form. And then also he didn't get any minutes over the weekend or on Friday, but I definitely attribute that a hundred percent to just a rest game, you know, fatigue from being with the national team to coming back. He hasn't missed a minute, hasn't had any time off. So it was an opportunity for him to get a little rest, but would have loved to have seen him get his first minute or his first goal. And then Luca De La Torre against Ajax. Uh, I thought he was, you know, a really influential player in that game. If you guys had a chance to watch it or can go back and see it, it might still be on ESPN plus on the games you can go back and watch, you know, for a zero zero game, that was the most exciting zero zero game I've seen in a long time. Like it's literally worth going back and seeing, and you can't say that often about a lot of zero zero games, but you could just see that Luca De La Torre is, is exactly the type of player that we need to be bringing off the bench or being one of those rotational players in our midfield. He just did an excellent job of progressing the game, had one really good shot on goal in like the 72nd minute. Uh, Unfortunately, he hit it right at the keeper, but had a chance to potentially put Heracles up over Ajax, which would have been great. And then lastly, stop me if you've heard this before, but Julian Green back in for Groetje Firth. Happy to see it. Uh, You know, he he had a little bit of a, a rough first half, getting his wheels back underneath him. But I thought the second half before he got subbed out, he was really kind of coming into form. Groita suffered from like, I think five or six positive COVID tests. So, you know, it was definitely a good opportunity for Green to get back out there, but he looks the part. I think he's another guy, you know, as, as we're trying to find out who those rotational players are going to be for us. I'm, I'm going to keep banging the drum for Julian Green. Happy to see him get some minutes again. I missed, uh, All right. I missed my part. Uh, but Ryan, you reminded me of another star of the week that I didn't mention in the intro. Do you want to talk about Carly Lloyd real quick? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can talk a little bit about her. I mean, just an absolute class player for the women's team. It like, I was genuinely sad watching her walk off the field. That's one of the player women's players that I've loved to watch for a healthy portion of my life. It was the biggest memory, obviously, I think a lot of us have from her is going to be the hat trick she had in the 2015 World Cup, hitting a banger from almost like half field. Like those are things you don't see in championship games. So to to have those kind of memories of Carly Lloyd um, and she's always just been a class player. You know, she's always taken the job really seriously. And you could see later on in her career, her being willing to transition to a position that was a little bit lacking for the women's national team and just you know, that's, that's a player that's all in it for the team. And, you know, I've always respect, respected Carly for that. And she's, she's just a great player. I think she was a great role model for a lot of young women and young men to look up to that love the game in this country. And, you know, even to see her consider sampling out kick and field goals for Philadelphia at a point in time, (laughs) you know, she's just an all around beast, all around great athlete. And uh, she's going to leave big shoes to fill, but there is a great crop of young women's national team players coming up. Do you guys have any like specific memories of Carly that you, you enjoyed? I mean, she's a New Jersey native, so she's been close to my heart for a long time. But uh, she was actually on the broadcast for the New York Red Bull game over the weekend. And uh, she was talking about how when she started her career 
it was mostly young women that would come up and talk about how much she's inspired them and what it meant to, to have a successful women's team. And now at the end of the, her career, it's young men and young women that are coming up and talking about the national team. So I think her scope and just the amount that she's done for the game will will be much larger than we know of today. And she was even talking about herself, like not truly understanding the the length that her legacy will go to um, for the U.S. soccer nation. But Tom, how about you? Yeah, I mean, she's just an absolute legend. I think, you know, I'm young enough that she's been playing for the national team most of my life, if not my entire life. And it's just, <laughs> uh, it's just really sad to see a legend like that. You there know, he goes again. It up. <laughs> Humble brag about his age. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, she's been playing, what, 21 years for the national team? Briggs puts her back to when I was like four years old. And so every single time that I've watched the women play, Carly Lloyd is just on the field. She's dominating. I, I've seen her play through three World Cups now and just, you know, loved every minute of it. I, the 2015 World Cup will always stri- strike me as like the best performance I've ever seen in a World Cup final, men's or women's. And, you know, I was glad to see her get a run in 2019 at the World Cup. I was glad that we didn't land in Donovan her out to pasture. I'm glad she got the like send off she deserved. Yeah. Yeah. Now how about the the stars of the week for you, Tom? Okay, so for me, I'm going to go back to Cameron Carter Vickers because if you haven't seen his goal yet against Hibernian, it was a really nice like tidy uh right-footed finish into the side netting. It was it was really good. I was impressed with it. I don't usually see that kind of ball control on center back goals. It wasn't your typical banging a header in off a set piece. Uh beyond that, uh, Daryl DK is a name we haven't talked about on this podcast for a while. Is one who's been rounding into form. He's been playing really well in MLS. I think he scored a few penalty goals recently and has a pretty good goal tally over the last few weeks. So he's another name that could get a look at maybe the January roster. Not sure I see him coming in in November, but I would love to see his name sort of start to get thrown back around as a player who could come back into the fold. Um, John Brooks, again, like I said, he bounced back this week. He's got a new manager. I, I just hope that it's the start of something great for him. I would love to see him, you know, get back into that, you know, typical Berlin Wall form that we're used to seeing from him in his U.S. appearances. And last but not least, the name that hasn't come up yet on this podcast that should is Weston McKenney. Weston McKenney was just on a different level this weekend. He scored in the midweek game. And scored in the weekend game. And if you haven't seen the weekend game goal, that was a certified banger that I did not know Weston McKenney was capable of. Took the ball from the top of the box and just ripped it past the keeper off the crossbar. It was an insane goal. He's the only one to score this week for Juventus, even though they haven't won a match. Yeah, not a, not great results from Juve. But uh, McKinney, we can be happy about for US MNT fans. Um, I'll call out three three stars for where I saw Cade Cowell had an insane solo goal, basically dribbled for seventy yards, cut in, beat two or three players, and then chipped the keeper with a very light touch. I mean, really nice goal. He's somewhat raw still, like you see that in in spurts, but not consistent performances. So like we talked about for the U17 and U20 camps, I'll be really happy to see him get some experience. Uh, Brendan Aronson got an assist over the weekend. He just continues to produce. This man has had 
so many goal and assists, I mean, goal contributions over the last three months. I doubt if anyone in the USMNT pool has more goals and assists than him in the last 90 days. And then one person that we haven't talked about yet, Tyler Adams in their DFB Pokal game went 19 for 20 in tackles. He won 19 out of his 20 possible tackles. So maybe they weren't all 50-50, but he won 95% of the tackles that he went into. So, I mean, I have to call that performance out, mostly because I'm a Tyler Stan, but also because that stat is just absolutely ridiculous. Ryan, I saw that build a fire inside you. <laughs> Do you have something to say for I, Tyler? I just, yeah, no, no, I just, I remember... When you watched the game, you could see how influential he was. But yeah, just the stat line afterwards was jaw-dropping. I mean, I've, I've never seen a stat line like that where he's just so clean. Um, I was disappointed to see him, you know, over the weekend not get minutes. But, you know, again, I think I've talked about it a little bit on here. I think it's great to have a U.S. manager at Leipzig for the time being. Um <laughs> That, uh, that can manage Adam's minutes and make sure that he's ready to go come the windows, uh, the qualifying windows. So, yeah, it's, it was just incredible to see, and I, I, was, I was happy to see that he was rested over the weekend and should be in good form coming into camp in Absolutely. early November. He touched on Jesse Marsh, but uh, Leipzig completely dominated their game against Frankfurt. Frankfurt scored on basically yeah. the last play of the game, and uh, that hurts a lot. Uh, Leipzig would have gone, I think, third place or fourth place in the Bundesliga, but instead they leave with one point and they leave pretty demolished. They have zero points in the Champions League right now, even after playing all three of their opponents. So we'll see how Marsh continues at Leipzig, but I'm, I'm crossing my fingers and I'm feeling still quite optimistic that he's done enough to, to keep his place for now. Um, maybe that's my strike for, for this week. But Tom, what were the strikes that you saw? Who didn't perform up to standard? I mean, for me, the strikes continue to be players like Matthew Hoppy not seeing a single minute for their club and not even making the bench. I did. Uh, I think Eunice Musa is in the same boat where they're just, you know, they're making the bench. They're not seeing any minutes at all. And if we're going to really have these guys in more qualifying windows, they have to be in match. They have to be match fit. They have to be getting minutes. And you know, I just want to see our young talents get minutes. And you know, it sucks to see that. Um, that's sort of my main strike. It was actually a pretty good week this week for the U.S. abroad, so I, I didn't have a lot to complain about. Yeah, we'll we'll keep that train going then, <laughs> Ryan. Who who struck for you? Well, yeah, we'll keep it positive. I would agree. You know, it's it's just mind boggling to me that Musa not getting minutes for Valencia. Uh, you know, he we see him the way he impacts our games when he comes in and plays, uh, and you know, looking at the results from some of the Valencia games, I think he's a guy that can make a huge impact for them. Uh, something maybe just the, the manager's not seeing. Uh, it's yeah, it just I have no good explanation for it, so it hurts when you see it. Uh, you know, I think that uh, Timothy Weah over the week he had some some good opportunities, but he didn't take advantage of them. Uh, had a midweek match, if I remember correctly, uh, that he started and you know didn't put out a stellar performance. I'd like to see a little bit more from him. Uh, Jonathan David just continues to get all the hype for any. Uh, North American player playing at Lille. I'd like to see that sway a little bit in our direction. Um, and then, you know, Miazga too uh, continues. He had two games actually recently that he has been on the bench and not gotten minutes. 
Uh, Mark McKenzie, as we've spoken about a little bit as well, just not getting any minutes for Gank. And it, what kills me about the, that situation is Gank continues to drop points. Like, I don't know how, how bad does the situation have to be for the Gank manager to decide, you know, hey, maybe I should mix this up. Because I think looking back, obviously not putting this all on Mark McKenzie, but the games he's played in, they've had some reasonable results. So, you know, I, it's not like he was in bad form. To, so to see them continue to drop points was kind of surprising that they haven't shaken it up a little bit. Um, and that, you know, with Gio still being hurt, disappointed that, uh, you know, we'd like to see him moving, progressing forward and coming closer to playing. But we're, he's going to obviously be out for the November window. Um, and then really that's, that's about it for me. I, and the, But the one thing I think we did miss out on, going just back a little bit to strikes or to, to stars, are we, are we miscounting ourselves to not bring up the Ariella goal? Like, is, I think that was going to be an opportunity. <laughs> we, we talked a little bit about it before the show. And, you know, I think nothing gets uh, USMNT Twitter more enraged than seeing certified bangers out of MLS players. For me, I, I never like it when people use one clip to justify their decision for a player to be in or out. But I think you have to tip the hat where it's due. And it was a great goal. Potentially could be on a star of the week, but for me, still not on the national team roster. I mean, did you guys get a chance to see it? For for sure, the goal was insane. And it's nice to see that he has that in his toolkit. However, uh, DC lost the game 3-1 at home. <laughs> so it couldn't have been an incredible performance from Ariola, but he's on the field to score. So credit to him. I think... Um, my brain probably actually wrote his name down <laughs> in the notes and then my brain just completely blocked it out. Um, which is to say <laughs> that I think in Greg's mind, that goal pretty much cements his place in the November qualifying roster. Even if I personally don't want to see him there, I think uh, all, all things being equal, he will be there for Greg as one of his guys. How about you, Tom? Yeah, I, I think it was an insane goal. I, I think that Greg's going to bring him up, especially given Hoppy's playing situation right now at Mallorca. So I, I would be shocked to not see um, Ariel on this roster, even though I don't really love the decision. But, you know, he's a hard worker. He's a hard worker. He's a good presser. Maybe he can bring something to the table, even if DC looks absolutely terrible right now and is not going to make the uh, MLS playoffs. So yeah. a couple other names we could talk about as getting minutes finally is Reggie Cannon's alive. <laughs> He's not dead. He's still playing yeah. minutes at uh, Boa Vista. But I think he got Sam substituted. Back. In, the, in the 17th minute. Yeah, he got hurt. God, just Come right there to see him back in. Yeah, This is your chance. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, but Sam Vine's getting healthy. That is a good shout. That is a good shout. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, I don't know, they must have cloned Reggie Cannon, locked the real one in a basement, and then... <laughs> Didn't, didn't quite get the cloning technology right when they put him on the field. It's, it's uh, one, one other locking key, uh, lock key action going on there for those that are <laughs> watching knows, it on knows. Netflix. <laughs> um, one other performance in my strike category. It wasn't necessarily that he had a poor game, but the fact that Zach Steffen and Man City lost their mm -hmm. cup game to West Ham. The cup games are really where Zach Steffen gets his experience with Man City. And so the fact that they don't don't continue in the Carabao Cup, they will still have the FA Cup where they're alive. Um, but this gives him one less competition to get playing time in. 
And for me at this point, that's really all that's holding him back from developing over Matt Turner or Ethan Horvath. Uh, Maybe that's where I do want to ask a question, though. So Ethan Horvath still has not won the starting spot at Nottingham Forest. For me, I don't think he's going to be on the roster in November, and we might see Sean Johnson again. What do you guys think the goalkeeper uh, roster will look like in terms of who we bring to uh, the Mexico game and the Jamaica game? So if it's who, if, who, if it is the question who we Who's think? Who's that third? Okay. Who do you think? Uh, yeah. Who do I think Greg is going to pick? I would agree with you. It's going to be Sean Johnson. Uh, for me, I was actually talking about this with somebody earlier. And in my opinion, Horvath is like the ideal third keeper. Sure, he's not getting minutes, but from all accounts, every time we've seen him play, everyone loves to talk about shot stopping. And Matt Turner is such a great shot stopper, which I agree he is. But Ethan Horvath also, that's always been his strength is he's been a great shot stopper and his feet have improved immensely. Then also now granted could have been like the getting a little caught up in the moment. But if you look at how his teammates rallied around him in that nation's league final and in the locker room after the game, you can tell that the locker room loves this guy. So from a third keeper, I want somebody training at a decent level that can kind of keep our first and second key, second string keeper sharp. So he's got the background to do that. I want somebody that's a locker room presence that everybody, you know, kind of gravitates to and likes to be around. He may not be the most outspoken guy, but I feel like he's a guy that, you know, walks, you know, doesn't say much, but when he talks, listen. So for me, it would be Horvath definitely, but I agree. I think it's going to be Sean Johnson and, Greg leaving us frustrated again. I yeah, I agree with all your points about Ethan Horvath. Ethan Horvath is and a thing that's not brought up very often is that Ethan Horvath has come off the bench like, you know, once every 3 months for Bruges in his career and every single time, it doesn't matter if he's cold, he comes out and plays an amazing game. Like he just he doesn't lose his form. He just always seems to be on his game, which is a really underrated quality of his. There's to me this is going to be a little bit of an out there pick, but I would love to see if we're not going to get Horvath Tim Melia getting the call for this window, especially given his antics midweek, which feel like perfect concacafing like antics to have as we move into a Mexico game. Did you guys get a chance to see his? Yeah, uh, I think we all just card suplex Sounders fan <laughs> that is listening I, to this. I, I saw it. I saw it, but can you? For I can't really remember, but I remember watching it and being like, "Oh, that's good stuff." Can you give us a play-by-play of that, Tom? What exactly went down? Yeah, so they it was a corner kick that was cleared, and players still were in the box sort of fighting for the ball. Uh, there's a cross that comes in. Melia comes out to punch it and punches it over Christian Roldan's head and then comes, like, right down onto Christian Roldan and, like, grabs him by the arms and, like, literally body slams him backwards to the ground into the goal and somehow gets away with a yellow card. <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson tweeted about it, saying it was great form. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Nice suplex by Timelia. And I think that's what Tom wants in the third goalkeeper. Yeah. Yeah. I want that in my third goalkeeper. Someone who's willing to go out there and body slam Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) Suplex ability. I think I've seen that on a FIFA ranking card somewhere. Yes. 99 out of 100 for for Timelia. Yeah. (laughs) 
All right. So I'll be completely honest. I think we didn't do our homework for tweets of the week. So that that is your homework as a listener is to go watch the Tim Melia body slam as the tweet of the week. You can watch it at the MLS uh, Twitter account. You can see it um, on the rocks Twitter account, Dwayne, the rock Johnson. Um, so let's go to games that you're watching this upcoming week. Champions league is back. Who you got? Who's on TV for you guys? Or maybe Ryan wants to talk about a tweet. <laughs> maybe. Uh, actually, actually, I have two. I, and, my, and that's on me. I should have sent it to you. But, you know, I, if people want to go out there and at least look at it, and maybe we should, we can maybe edit it, the tweets in afterwards. Um, yeah. But because I want to give credit where credit's due. So it's uh, Suzannon's at Suzannon Sports, Jack Suzannon. Pardon me if I mispronounced that for you, bud. Awesome Halloween costume. He's dressed up as Greg Berhalter. He's got a bald cap on. And then he just has a sign that says verticality. Like, top class. You nailed it, young man. Like, I, I wish I had my your type of creativity in my life. Because uh, I, I think it's absolutely genius. So, great. Talk about cop. niche. <laughs> niche costumes. <Yeah>. Sure. <laughs> He's going to go knock on people's doors and they're going to be clueless. But... In the USMNT Twitter world, absolute legend. Uh, I thought that was really impressive. Uh, and then secondly, have you guys had a chance to see... Humana, humana, humana. Give me a second here. Is it the Weston There was McKinney a... Yes. Costume, from yep. At Leah J4 or Liz JB. It's a, a young man dressed up as Weston McKinney. He even went the full distance of bleaching his hair with the stripe that Weston currently has. Uh, and I just love to see that, you know, I don't know when I was a kid, I wasn't dressing up as Brian McBride to, to go out to Halloween. Um, I think that that's something that you didn't see a lot of around the neighborhood. So if we can see that type of growth in the game, and it's just amazing that these young kids nowadays that are coming up, they have people that they can watch week in and week out playing at huge clubs. And it's, it's cool to see that, you know, the impact that some of these players have that maybe they don't even know. I know they added Weston at in the tweet itself. And I know Juventus actually reached out to him, at least in the comments. So that was good to see, but for him to go the full distance of bleaching the hair has the full black UA kit top notch. I think those are two great tweets of the week. If we could get a chance to potentially put those in we'll, uh, or at least we'll uh, use our Halloween put them in the magic and uh, put it in the video. If you're watching this right now, you will be seeing the, the tweet that we're talking about. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, definitely a good Halloween episode, Halloween uh, costumes that you can go see on Twitter. And uh, guys, if you are listening or watching and you did dress up yourself or had a kid that dressed up as a U.S. player, make sure to send that over to us as well, and we'll feature them next week. All right, so talking about next week, we said we're going to hear about our November qualifying roster. Champions League is back as well, and then there's one more match day before the uh, the World Cup qualifying comes back. So, guys, what's on what's on your calendars? What are you watching in the upcoming week? Tom, maybe we'll start Tom, what do you, you got? Yeah, let's start with, um, let's go Champions League. Adams gets his sort of uh, chance at redemption. We got P or PSG playing Leipzig this week on Wednesday, which should be a really great game. I Hopefully, you know, Adams had a really 
sort of high-profile blunder last game. I'd love to see him bounce back and have a really solid performance against PSG this next time out. For me, the big event happening this weekend is go this next weekend is going to be MLS Decision Day. We got some really tight races for both Eastern Conference and Western Conference playoff races. I think there are like seven teams in the Eastern Conference with a chance to you know sneak into that last playoff spot. And so that's going to be a really, really fun day of soccer to watch where we get to see a bunch of great games. And, you know, MLS is always wild, the playoffs especially. So it's one of those leagues, no all offense, no defense, where, you know, crazy things happen on these decision days. So that's what I'll be watching next weekend. And all you need to do is get into the playoffs, Mls especially. You yeah. can be the seventh yep. seed and you've got a chance. <laughs> yeah, we've seen it. Happen never know before, when someone's sure. center backs are just going to completely fall asleep and give you a ninety fourth minute equalizer. <laughs> How about you, Ryan? What are you watching? Uh, so there's a couple uh, midweek. We've got Champions League of Wolfsburg versus Leibs or versus Salzburg. Sorry. Uh, so yes, yeah, so hopefully some yank on yank action uh, that we all love to see, and then. Uh, also, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I just love to see anytime Aronson gets to play against a level higher than Austria. So anytime in any of these Champions League games to see him perform well, it just gives me the confidence that he's ready for that next level. You know, it's one thing to beat up on the lower league Austria or like the lower teams in the Austrian table. But hopefully he has a good, good chance to play well against a defensive minded team of Wolfsburg now. Um, again, I was going to call out the Leipzig uh, versus PSG. I think that's a great call, Tom. Also, one quick Europa one. We've got Bronby versus Rangers. So, you know, as we continue to ask ourselves, who's that backup six? Another opportunity to see Capis play against a, a pretty good quality opponent in Rangers. Not the highest necessarily in Europa League, but still good chance for him to maybe put his, his face out there a little bit. Um, just one personally, even though Gio's out, I'm really looking forward to Dortmund versus Ajax. Ajax absolutely slapped Dortmund last time out. Like, like they slapped him into next week. It was so embarrassing as a BVB fan. So hopefully we'll see a good hungry BVB side coming back out, even though they are suffering from a lot of injuries right now. And then lastly, over the weekend, uh, Venezia versus Roma. Uh, again, you know, our Tanner Tessman and Busio combo there going against one of the bigger Serie A sides. So hopefully get them into form right before they come into camp. Looking forward to those. Nice. Well, you guys covered basically everything. I'll, I'll jump into one game that I'm personally looking forward to. And uh, maybe Tom will agree with me is the New York Red Bulls versus Atlanta United. Uh, and I'm going to move this into my last word, which is that uh, 10 match days ago, the New York Red Bulls were in 12th place in the Eastern Conference. Since then, they've won 23 out of an available 30 points. They're in seventh place in the Eastern Conference right now with a game in hand to many teams. So if they win one of their last two games, the first is against Atlanta this uh, this upcoming week. If they win any of those next two games, they are uh, going to be in the playoffs, which is just an insane run. And uh, I pretty much gave up on them halfway through the season. They weren't fun to watch. Uh, they're still not that fun to watch. It's again, I've said this before, like watching Barnsley uh, just kind of bundle over teams and uh, play very aggressive, but Hey, it's working for them. They're in great form. And uh, Caden Clark got the assist on the winning goal in one of the waning minutes in their game uh, over the weekend. So I'm very excited to see that game against Atlanta and maybe Tom, you'll, you'll win the world series and I can get this one where the Red Bulls make the MLS playoffs. 
But uh, Ryan, what's your last word? No specific last words for me. Uh, just everybody, this is uh, All Hallows Eve that we are recording on. So I just hope everybody stays safe out there. Has a great time. Enjoy the time with your kids, with your family. Uh, being abroad, this is one thing that I definitely realize more and more as each holidays pass that, you know, it's the, it's days like this that you definitely miss home. So, you know, hug the little ones a little bit tighter, call your mom, call your dad uh, on all the, all the fun holiday stuff and just everyone be safe and have a good time. How about you, Tom? I, you know, as always, happy Halloween. I'm, I'm so, you know, just echo everything Ryan said, but for me, I'm going to use my last word to just sort of comment on the fact that I'm not really sure what to do with myself with all this sports success recently. <laughs> I mean, we've got the U.S. playing well in position to qualify. We've got Atlanta United, who's clawed their way back up into a playoff spot. The Braves are one game away from the World Series, and the University of Georgia throttled Florida yesterday and is currently the clear number one football team in the country right now at the college football level. I'm just sort of waiting as a Georgia sports fan for the other shoe to drop, waiting for the disappointment to come. But for right now, it's been a hell of a ride the last few weeks, and I'm really just hoping we can get it done tonight. And so end all the anxiety right here. I'm probably going out to buy a anticipatory bottle of champagne just in case the job gets done as soon as we get done recording. Had, had to channel my inner Ricky Bobby there for you. I, I don't know what to do with my hands. What, just put your hands down, Ricky. You know, I don't know what to do with all this free time. <laughs> all the success. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm an Atlanta sports time. fan. I, I'm used to, you know, it's been 10 years straight of crushing, you know, last minute defeats and disappointments. And so I'm not used to hoping, not used to being this close. And like, this is the first time in a while I've been like, maybe this is the year. That is why we love sports. So guys, those were some great last words. Hope everyone has a very safe and happy Halloween. Make sure to give the video a like. Make sure to give a positive review if you're listening wherever you get your podcast from. And next week, we will see you to talk about the November World Cup qualifying roster that will be out. And until then, have a great week, everyone, and enjoy the games. See ya.